the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. After about two or three years now, we welcome the inimitable Walter Bosley back to the Paracast. And I'm seeing here that he's been a busy bee, not just writing books, but publishing books. And some of them are from people that I know. And so I'm going to ask you the very simple question here. Walter Bosley, what have you been up to for the past couple of years? Well, Gene, yeah, inimitable. That's that's a that's a good one. I like that. Um, I, I charge extra if you want to use it. <laughs> so, since I talked with you guys last, I put out was researching and put out my book, The Esoteric Napoleon, which is the fourth book in my Secret Missions series. And also, I have, as you said, I've published um, our friend William Michael Mott some of his books. I put out a book that it's, it's a short book, but it pretty much goes into my personal paranormal and weird experiences because I, you know, I was always, I was having people ask me about that. I was talking about it here and there. And I thought, well, you know, I'll put out a little book on this. So I put that one out. And most recently I did a book with a co-author, a young researcher named Todd Wood. Uh, that book's titled the mystery of Ingersoll Lockwood. Yeah, I've been kind of busy. Oh, and in the middle of that, last year, I had a, a little adventure with cancer and survived that. So, you know, my 2020 was as interesting as everybody else's. So, Oh, well, this 2020, I don't want to repeat this at all because we will get <laughs> into you. political stuff that you don't want to hear about. Let's just say That's that right. when I go outside, because I'm older, I think, than either of you, and mm-hmm. I go out among the crowd, among the masses. I stay away from the masses. But even in supermarkets, I have to dart. I have to, you know, hide behind things because people are running around without a mask and without any care in the world. It's dangerous out there. It is. It is. And the irony for me, you know, last year and still now a little bit is that whether there was the COVID thing or not, no matter where you stand on it, whether there was the COVID thing or not, being a cancer patient, I would have been wearing a mask anyway. So it was uh, a good, good timing for me, you could say, <laughs> in a way to uh, go through the cancer experience. You know, it's one of those things where you got to be careful with it because it can sneak up on you. And like you say, I mean, I'm not I'm probably not too far behind you in the age thing. I'm, I'm just a few years shy of 60. And now having gone through cancer, I, I'm in that age range where I got to be careful with it. I'm like you. I go to the grocery store when I know there's not going to be many people there and I avoid that. And we do what we have to do to, to deal with these things. And I always wonder here, people who say that E.T. is here to help us rather than to harm us. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, E.T. is feckless. E.T. is mm-hmm. totally helpless to do even the simplest things to help us. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a waste. Well, why do we need them? They're essentially us. You know, I've said that in the past talking with you guys. You know, I, I think that they're no better, no worse than we are. They're essentially us. So, <laughs> you know, we, we which means we got to fend for ourselves. We can't expect them to come in and, and swoop down and rescue us because they haven't done it yet, have they? Well, that's the question that we've talked about, if there's an E.T. Or we have these visitors, where they might come from. Of course, last week we had Dr. Michael Masters, who says they are visitors from the future. Could be. 
I like that one. You know, I'm fond of the time travel, time technology, time uh, possibility in the mix. I, I think it definitely needs to be a part of the conversation. It's as valid a discussion as any other. I would say this, though. I, I would say that, and this is a nod toward, you know, the materialists. Yeah, time travel, time technology, time phenomena. It's an interesting discussion and everything. But but here's the thing. The, it, the ET possibility does kind of edge that one out on the practical level because we know our planet exists. We know we live here with all the animals and things on it. So the odds are that, you know, we can say other planets exist with life and that there's intelligence. And, you know, if they exist and we exist and we can get to our moon and now we can get to Mars, they can get to us. And that is a more practical reality than time travel. You know, we have to admit that as much as I like the idea of the time travel and as much as I lean towards, I think, something being possible in that direction. And I have to admit the the ET possibility is still a little more a little more practical. Of course, you've also dealt with breakaway civilizations. And when we Mm -hmm. talk about that, are we talking about another group of humans who just couldn't take the rest of the world and decide to go their own way? Or are they extraterrestrials setting up shop? Oh, I don't think they're extraterrestrials. I I definitely think they're, you know, humans from our world, you know, um, some among us who I think in some cases, yeah, I got just didn't like the way things were, the direction things were going. And uh, this is all hypothetical, of course. It's just what I think. And I think that, yeah, they they just kind of did their own thing. Now, I've gotten away from using the phrase breakaway civilization. I prefer to say breakaway society or even just breakaway group because civilization, you know, you can get into specific definitions on things. But what we're talking about is, you know, the impression, the, the colloquial use of something. And civilization, I think, in most people's minds tends to imply there was the Roman civilization, there was the Greek civilization, there was the Mayans and on and so forth. Okay. And these are these are not just different cultural civilizations, but in different eras. Okay, so to me, a civilization implies something that's just way bigger and more complex than a breakaway group could achieve. So that's why, because I think these breakaways, if they exist, I think that they they're they're people, you know, they're us. There's some a number of you know us things are doing certain things, um, but they have to coexist with us, okay? They're they're doing things separate from us, but still where they get their physical resources is where we get ours. They are people that have access to these resources, control and, and ownership of certain resources and enough money to where they can do their own thing. They can hypothetically they could build their own spaceships and have their own space program. But it's not like a separate civilization where they have cities and worlds and that, you know, are just hidden from us or something. I, I, and I think that's what the world's civ- word civilization implies, and it's too big of a word for it. My perspective of the breakaways is that they're a group kind of – they're doing secret things, but they, they, they probably have, you know, a mansion, you know, in, in Providence, Rhode Island with uh, – Newport, Rhode Island, with all the other Richies, you know, or, or wherever they could live. One of them could live next door to you, actually, is what I'm saying, hypothetically. So that's that's where I'm at right now with breakaway hypothesis from my perspective. That means, of course, that possibly my next door neighbor. When I see her come and yeah. go occasionally, she is one of 
them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be. And, you know, I'm using the next door neighbor example as, you know, just an example of, you know, to, to illustrate that they don't have to be living in some amazing domed superstructure under the sea or in the hollow earth. That's the point that they're, you know, they're they could be somebody that just, you know, has a penthouse apartment in Manhattan. OK. Um, and goes to, you know, the, the or their people go to the, uh, you know, the um, hoity-toity grocery store down the street or something. But they would still be in this breakaway group. You know, I, I and and as far as the extent of a civilization, so to speak, being breakaway, I think um, that the closest that they come to that is the extent to which they're embedded in our industrial um, base, particularly our military industrial complex, and the extent of the influence they have on, you know, politically and financially in the world. So technically, in my view, the breakaway, the civilization of breakaway civilization, um, it's really our civilization uh, being influenced or maybe run by a group that we're not so readily aware of. But we are that civilization, in a way. Walter Bosley, lots of things to talk about, including a book he published, co-authored by well, the one and only Richard S. Shaver. I want to ask about that. Speaking of hollow earths and caverns and such, more to come with Jeannie and Randall. You're in. The Bearcast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Attention business owners body slammed by overwhelming debt. If your business is in trouble, hassled by creditors, if you're frustrated, finally fed up with big business bailouts while your business has been left for dead, please listen close. There's a brand new fast-track bankruptcy. Some have even called it the biggest small business bailout in American history. Designed for individuals and their businesses. And look, almost no one knows about this yet. My attorney wasn't even aware of it. The truth is, beating the system has never been easy because it's rigged in a sense against the little guy. But here's the jaw-dropping news nobody's talking about. They've literally just changed the system so that you can beat it. But only if you understand how the new game has to be played. Find out if you qualify at pocketsoflight.com. This government-backed small business repair program is still legal, but may not be renewed after the election. Fight back fairly. Fight back ethically at pocketsoflight.com. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We are visited by the one and only Walter Bosley, who's landed here from his breakaway mansion deep in the recesses of the caverns within Mount Shasta. You like that? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it's beyond Lemuria. Oh, yeah. Well, that would have been a Shaver novel had he lived. Of course, he died in the 1970s. Have you seen the Beyond Lemuria film? Have you seen the Beyond Lemuria film, the Poke Runyon movie? No. Oh, Tell it's a delight. You must get this DVD. It's all based on the Shaver stuff. And yo, you've got to see it. It's a, it's a B-minus delight. Well, let me ask you a question here. Is it maybe on Netflix or Amazon? I mean, who buys DVDs anymore? Oh, I do. I love having the darn DVD. You know, my precious, I can possess the physical medium. But uh, yeah, check it out. You can certainly see a trailer on YouTube. I Uh, thought you were going to do an uh, Andy Serkis imitation. My precious. But of course, (laughs) you're not going to do that. No, I wanted to bring up, because we mentioned it kind of briefly here, the book that was edited or put together by William Michael Mott, who had been on the Paracast a number of times in the early years, and Uh Richard Shaver called This Mm -hmm. Tragic Earth. Now, is this a collection of fictional stories or what? No, this is is a collection of his... when Richard Shaver's talking about, you know, when he did the rock cutting and he he was finding, he believed the uh, artwork that was, you know, the story of the lost antediluvian history in the rocks 
It's a book that shows photos of these rock cuts. You know, quite honestly, you're, you're looking at some and, you, you know, I, I just can't see it. But others, you go, oh, OK, that's interesting. Did he enhance that? Or, you know, is it pareidolia or whatever you want to call it, whatever that word is, I always get it wrong. If you're into the whole Richard Shaver thing, um, this tragic earth um, is really it's, it's a must have. And I'm not saying that just because I'm publishing the current edition of it. He had a you know previous publisher that went out of business. And, you know, I felt that way about the book before I was publishing it when he came to me um, needing, you know, wanting to know because we've been friends for a while. And he said, hey, I'm free. You want to publish through your label? I said, absolutely. And I was excited to have this uh, Shaver book in the catalog because it's Shaver. Whether you believe him or not, it's still, you know, the Richard Shaver material. Um, it's a nice addition. Well, I knew Shaver fairly well, Walter. Oh, wow. In the 60s, mid-60s through the 70s when he died. Oh, my first wife and I, Geneva, uh-huh. actually went to his cottage home where he and Dorothy lived in Summit, Arkansas, in what, 1972, 1973. You see, I'm older than you think. But the <laughs> more important thing here is just finding the place because it's a tiny town with, you know, four people. Maybe it's five people now, I right. don't know. But he sent us the rocks. And he told us how to see the pictures. And we looked at the pictures. And I have to tell you, okay, nobody will believe me. I don't have the pictures anymore. Uh I don't have the rocks. I don't have the letters because decades have passed. We published some in Caveat M Tour magazine we had, which is online if you look for it, Mm -hmm. courtesy of Isaac Coy. But we saw this stuff in those rocks. And we didn't think about it at the time. And then we started seeing TV sci-fi shows where Mm -hmm. they use crystals, not just for electronic purposes, but to store information. One, of course, for example, is Superman, the movie 1978, where Clark Kent, kal finds these crystals in the Fortress of Solitude made up of crystals and is able to then to receive the recordings of... His father. Of course, if you go into the Stargate legend with Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis, they're always using crystals for something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can I tell you? I think that's really cool that you you, you knew him and, and you got to see those things firsthand. I, like I said, there's some of them when I, when I look at them, it's obviously there's stuff there. On the cover of the book, um, I decided to feature a couple of the best ones of the uh, shaver rock imagery and um i'm really i'm i'm gotta tell you as a publisher i'm really proud of that book i it, it looks nice I, I i did it nice and the and the beauty is it's shaver's material it's not artwork that i did or had someone do it's you know using shaver's material is really the best way to you know get a reader's attention because on the co- front cover and the back cover these are the, some of the pictures we're talking about, and you've seen them firsthand. They're, some of them are very detailed, very colorful, and at face value, it's images of, of figures, you know, the, the, the figures of this lost history and such. And um, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, you knew them. Um, I'm still, I, I kind of lean towards, I'd like to think that, it, it you know it, it it some or all of it's legit. I just don't know because I'm not close enough. What's your opinion of that? 
Well, it's interesting here because I also knew Ray Palmer. And I met Ray Palmer in 1965. Mm -hmm. And this gets to be an interesting story. We've told it before. Where Mm -hmm. I think we even had the former editor of Shavertron on the Powercast several years back. And we even had Ray Mm -hmm. Palmer's son on the show at one point in time. Of course, he never got into the sci-fi and all the stuff that Palmer did. But Palmer was an interesting character, let's face it. And he had all sorts of influences that aren't even apparent. As For example, there is a comic book character called Atom, A-T-O-M with periods, and it was based on the story of a scientist creating this suit that miniaturizes him, Atom. And the name of the character they use in the comic book, and it was also featured on TV in what they call the Arrowverse on the CW, but mm-hmm. the character's name was Ray Palmer. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And those of you who have watched The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. on the CW, the character Ray Palmer was played by a muscular actor named Brandon Routh, who also played Superman in Superman yeah. Returns. He played right. Ray Palmer. So every time I hear people oh. say the name Ray Palmer, I'm thinking of this little four foot eleven guy with a severe hunchback condition who could barely walk, but he was just such an interesting cat. And anyway, about Shaver. He's a huge figure in uh, his world. He was an amazing figure. He was a huge figure in in the publishing world for that stuff, you know? He was a co-founder of Fate Magazine and everything. Now, let's talk about the interview because I mentioned Shaver. So I'm talking to him, and he just drops this. We got the exclusive Mm -hmm. on it. That during the years in which Shaver claimed he had been a captive of the Deros in the caverns, he was really in a mental institution. But wait, Palmer said, despite that, and because of experiences that he had, he believed Shaver. Also, if you look at the backstory of why Shaver was put there, supposedly the family of a woman he married who hated him, railroaded him to get him in a mental institution back in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was easier to do there. There was no due process. Where to come oh, sure, Walter, yeah. Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. 
USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Construction of a wall on the country's southern border was halted this week by an executive order from President Biden. About 450 additional miles of border fencing were built during former President Trump's administration. Representative Yvette Harrell says that halting construction of the wall takes away a tool to secure the southern border. The New Mexico Republican tells Fox News that the executive order puts everyone at further risk. Another executive order that really will have a profound effect on New Mexico, a border state. We know the wall worked and we have to protect the communities, the ranchers, the farmers, the families that live in our border communities. And this executive order, again, with the uh, immigration issue, puts everybody at risk. Further. And so it's unbelievable that we would actually compromise the safety and health and really the national security of our nation by virtue of these executive orders. This is USA Radio News. Maryland became the second state to identify a case of the highly transmissible South African strain of the coronavirus. The state announced Saturday that an adult from the Baltimore metro area tested positive for that variant. Dr. Paul Offit is a member of the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee, and he tells CNN that the appearance of variants is not unexpected. But what concerns him is the possibility of a variant appearing that the vaccines are ineffective against. The critical question is not, or is it going to create variants? It's going to create variants. The critical question is, are those variants functionally different than the original strain? In other words, are they more likely to be contagious? Are they more likely to cause more severe disease, i.e. be more virulent? And then most worrisome at all, are they likely to resist vaccine-specific immunity? People are looking closely at this. People are getting ready to include these variants in the vaccine if we need a second generation vaccine. But I'm just trying to calm the waters a little bit here. Worry when you start to see people who've gotten the vaccine fully vaccinated that then nonetheless are still hospitalized or killed by these viruses. That hasn't happened yet. This is USA Radio News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medication, care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We're with Walter Bosley. We're talking about this book called This Tragic Earth, collection of Shaver stories edited by William Michael Mott. And very fascinating, as you see, Shaver is something you can talk about endlessly. It's just difficult that we're dealing with a guy who died more than 40 years ago. And thus, even bringing him up now, will just bring out, well, it's that guy Steinberg is living in the past because he's so old. But then Walter (laughs) Bosley is not nearly quite as old, and he's publishing a book about it. What can I say? Yeah. It's evergreen, this material. It's, it's eternally interesting. 
whether you believe it or not, whether you believe want to believe a portion of it or not, it is still fascinating material. And the other thing dealing with time travel and everything, we talk about the book from H.G. Wells called The Time Machine. And Shaver said the Morlocks, those subsurface creatures, the cannibals who would Mm -hmm. would, uh, eat the handsome surface people, the the vegans. Yeah. The Morlocks were based on the Deeros. Oh, I... And he said that H.G. Wells, in 1895, H.G. Wells knew this now that's interesting that's interesting that's that that's what the shaver believed right is that correct wells yeah okay when you start with a shaver you have endless topics just the theory of an advanced civilization that because of some kind of catastrophic event left our planet except for those who were abandoned left our planet and we're talking about Lemuria or Atlantis or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, Atlantis and Lemuria, okay, uh, um, whatever the nugget of truth may have been to support, you know, these ideas, I think that nugget of truth is there. I think it's a real thing. I, I lean towards the long-ago civilization with, you know, some form of advanced technology. And that's why these legends interest me. And I think that's why they interest, you know, uh, a lot of people is because of that possibility, because of the things we see in archaeology that, um, you know, the mainstream archaeologists can't really explain, uh, like those um, out of place parts, the ooh parts, as they're called. And the stuff that uh, I know it's controversial with a lot of people, but the stuff presented by Cremo and Thompson in their forbidden archaeology, whether you like them or not, or whether you like where their their perspective they're coming from or not, they do present some very interesting things and questions that uh, can't be ignored, in my opinion. And, and those kinds of things tend to support whatever that nugget of truth is behind the idea of Atlantis and Lemuria and certainly Shaver's stuff you know fits in there so that's where you know some people say well of course you know he read all this stuff and he was familiar with it he read Wells so of course he made it all up based on this other stuff well okay that is possible that has to be recognized that that's possible but um, you know with Shaver, as you get into the details, I think, you get into the weeds, so to speak, on Shaver, I think you end up in one of those conversations where, you know, you can't always come away certain that none of it's true, right? You you come away thinking, oh, well, there might be there might be something to this thread and that thread and that part, you know, and this part over here. And that's why it keeps Shaver, I think, eternally interesting, you know, to folks interested in the things we are. Having known Shaver, he was 100% sincere, whatever you think about it. You think he was crazy. Mm-hmm. You think he was mistaken. Whatever you right. think, he believed everything 100% and that's a fact and there's nothing else that you can really say about it make whatever opinion you want to have mm-hmm. you know Walter it is really great mm-hmm. to have you back on the show um, because I mean these things too they kind of fit in with 
what you were talking about earlier with the break breakaway civilizations. And, mm-hmm. and it sounds yes. like you've evolved your views on breakaway civilizations, which, which I think is really positive and the sign of a thinker who isn't simply pushing an agenda. I mean, if, if we were having that same discussion on the forum today, I was just thinking, you know, I'd be agreeing with everything you're saying about it earlier in the show. And, and I think that's really progressive. And the other thing that you were saying there about how it's eternally fascinating, it's really nice to talk to people who still find it to be that way. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you know, no matter what you what you come away from these subjects with your thinking, right? It right. makes you think about something. It, you might not, you might not believe it. You might mm-hmm. think some of it's kind of weird, but a few people, unless they just offhandedly dismiss it, fail to become interested enough in it that they actually think like, well, how is that even possible? And well, that's what and, I and, like about you. You you come up with these, some really interesting stuff to try to explain, like, well, how some of this stuff is possible. Well, you have to, um, you know, there some year about a decade ago, there were people that just went into a hissy fit if anyone speculated anything, and and you know that was kind of ridiculous on their part, and I, most of them had their own agenda with that because um, you know. When you're when you're speculating, when you're hypothesizing, when you're thinking outside of the box, this is how you um, uh, uh, do just that. Think outside of the box. When you're trying to answer, you know, a, a question about something weird, or there seems to be no answer, you have to think outside of the box in order to even reach where the truth is. Sometimes, because sometimes that truth lies outside the box, and so you got to go out there to get at it. And the path to that truth that's outside of the box is hypothesizing it is speculation it is throwing spaghetti against the wall okay and of course what do you do in the process as you throw those things out those hypotheticals and those speculations you you test them against reality against the facts and you eliminate those that the reality and the facts cannot possibly support notice what i said i said cannot possibly support you don't throw away something that could still be possible you got to keep that you know, um, and and where how I evolved my view of the breakaway civilization, breakaway society. There I go doing it again. But the breakaway society thing was there was a big fat question that I always acknowledged from the get go and continued to be a problem, and that is if this NIMSA organization, which I have you know hypothesized, you know, extrapolated through a hypothesis being this bigger thing than what we know from just one source being Delshow. If I'm right about this NIMSA thing leading into 20th century Germany, and if I'm right about the other even more, way more hypothetical group I call the 1903, the big question is, okay, during the 20th century, we can almost, we can almost point to when somebody says, where was NIMSA? Well, my answer to that, where was NIMSA in the 20th century? It was the Nazi war machine. It was Nazi Germany because – I'm not going to go through all the things I wrote about it in multiple books, but if you follow, it starts out as a Prussian thing in the 1850s, and as you move through in the Second Reich and all that, to me it's obvious that if you had to answer the question, where was the hypothetical limbs in the 20th century, you come to Nazi Germany. But then again, the, the other question is, well, where was this other way more hypothetical group, the 1903? And I can't answer that. If they exist, you're right. Where the heck were they? Because they certainly weren't that I'm aware of 
helping the allies in any way. So if if and that's a big fat if with capital letters, if you had a NIMSA which became the Nazi machine or whatever, you know, and you had this NIMSA helping the Nazis, why didn't we have any other breakaway group helping the allies? So th- what that does is that not only raises the question of, okay, is this way out hypothesis about another group I call the 1903? Okay, can that be eliminated because they should have been present in the 20th century? Right, let's break it here, Walter. We've okay. got so much more to come with Walter Bosley. We're going to make him stick around for the after the Paracast show. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P. 
super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And I know we don't mention this very often, but when we do have a guest on, a few days before the guest appears, before the recording session, we post in our forums at forum.theparacast.com, a place called Question Bank. We post the information, the bio of the author or lecturer that we're going to have on, and their photo, no matter how they look, publish their photo. (laughs) Unless they're really monstrous, then we just have a cartoon. I'm kidding. And we give you listeners a chance to ask questions. And we have several that... Randall will be bringing up later on the show because you have a big fan base, Walter Bosley. I'll tell you that. Oh, gosh, that's cool. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, well, actually, you've got a a YouTube podcast going, too. And uh, I was just watching it the other day. What's really good about it, you don't necessarily have to have the video on all the time. I just put it on and it it was playing in the background and it was like somebody telling you know, me, this story. And it was just like, it was really actually kind of cool to just listen to. So I've done that a couple more times too. So, you know, don't forget to check out uh, Walter's podcast on YouTube too. If you, if uh, you listeners out there kind of like what you're hearing here, we we were talking about breakaway civilizations there, Mm -hmm. the different possibilities and something that you said, which really rings true to me as well is the idea of, whether or not you can eliminate whether something is or isn't possible. Because you can do all of the conjecturing and speculation and write up all the papers you want Mm -hmm. to try and prove something is true Mm -hmm. if you believe in it enough. Mm -hmm. But if it's just not possible, that's all really kind of a waste of time. Once you know it's not possible, you need to change your tack. You need to go, okay, that explanation isn't possible, but that doesn't mean the phenomenon's gone away. So how else do we explain it? And with this, it just just some news for people out there. I don't know if you guys have heard of this yet, but 
you guys know about the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies? Yes. He, uh, now he's focusing more on life after death than on chasing the flying saucers. Right. Well, he's got a prize out now. Okay. For an essay. $500,000. If your mm-hmm. essay proves afterlives. Okay. So right away, you've got a situation. I mean, he's doing it again. He's doing the same thing he did with UFOs. He's, it, it's, he's taking a false premise to begin with and saying, we only want to look at the question from the point of view of a believer who wants to prove it's real. We don't want anything that proves it's not possible. Because if you could prove it's not possible, this whole essay and everything would be pointless, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> if you could, yeah, it would. And be. I, I think you can. That's just the thing. I think afterlives are easily proven to be impossible uh, by all of the rules of this contest. But they don't want that. They only want believers who can write an essay on how it must be true. So, but there you go. I mean. For people out there who, you know, are believers and think they can prove it, go to the BICS website and, you know, send your application in. I mean, Leslie Kane is one of the judges on the panel that will decide whether or not your essay is worthy enough. And I couldn't get, you know, past second base talking to her on the last interview about Afterlives because she just was like of a particular opinion and went into her shell and and that was the end of that discussion Mm. I find that subjects like that I have come to um, you bring up a good point we have this issue in let's say our community let's use that term whether it be UFOs or anything where we, we have the true believers right we've all dealt with the true believers some of us there are some things which we ourselves others would call us true believers on you know so there is there's that true believerism and i think that uh, bigelow he knows that he's aware of it and he's a businessman you know not to completely demonize the guy i mean hey yeah he's a wealthy businessman who i think is sincerely interested in the these strange things we're all interested in i think his interest is sincere now even though he capitalizes on it and stuff that's another discussion but you know it's good that there's a wealthy businessman who is interested openly interested in these things so you know that's the positive side but absolutely he's aware that true believerism makes up a critical mass enough in our community to be a lucrative audience, you know, to be a, a lucrative uh, target demographic for what you're selling. And so I think that's why you were saying that they're looking for the essay to prove it. They don't want to go negative because they're targeting true believers. And, you know, true believers don't want to hear anything negative, right? He, I, you know, he's obviously being, you know, kind of a shrewd businessman there. I want to tell you one thing here, by the way. (laughs) He, of course, is the owner of a suite of hotels. I think it's Mm -hmm. Budget Suites or something like that. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. Those hotels get some of the worst reviews. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I've ever seen. I mean, the reason I thought of it is there was a time here we were between apartments and we lived in a motel for a while. Mm -hmm. And we looked up the reviews. And, of course, we're trying to combine this impossible situation of price versus quality. Uh, And we found a good compromise, a locally owned place. But this particular chain, you know, I don't care who Robert Bigelow is. I wouldn't stay at one of his motels. Sorry. Right. Or at least based on the reviews. 
Yeah. And the, and that's only on his Earth hotels. I mean, imagine if he, you know he took this into space. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. his plan was for inflatable ones, right? Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I want to imagine I, being up there on the moon. And honey, I think our portal is cracking. Oh, great! Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, the balloon is leaking. The the, the yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, we're losing atmosphere. Better get the patch out, get the bicycle repair kit. I'm calling Yelp immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, so here's one, though, right? Like, what if, and because, okay, just because speculation is fun. Sure. Okay. I mean, you were talking about about extraterrestrials, the ETH, you know, your standard interstellar hypothesis is being... sure. Probably the most reasonable, and I, I tend well, to it's more. I, I think it's more reasonable and practical from the materialist point of view, naturally, than time. The whole thing about time travel. I have my personal opinions and thoughts on time travel. I don't. I'm in yeah. the camp that you know thinks it's not impossible yet. But yeah, definitely, if you had to compare the two, um, particularly for the, you, you would ha- you have to give a nod to the ETH as the more materially practical. Right. So, so, so then let's just say, okay, let's just assume, okay, well, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Then there's nothing stopping us here on earth, society in its entirety mm-hmm. from being the breakaway civilization. Right. Maybe we're the breakaway civilization yeah. and they, because they came here and either seeded the planet with life or mm-hmm. have dropped you know, others off. And that explains a lot of things. Like Dr. Michael Masters, he was saying that the the similarity between many of the aliens that people report and us is way too close to just be sheerly coincidental. Some of them are identical to us as human beings and even genetically compatible. Well, what does that really say? Like he thinks it's like, okay, they came back in time, but they could just as easily be like space nomads that were like us that came here, dropped us off. And, and, and here we are. I don't see where, I mean, no, I get where it's coming from, but I completely disagree with the perspective. This idea that human beings just like us could only have originated here on Earth and only have developed here on Earth, that is ridiculous because I've said this for a while and I stand by this. Until scientists, particularly mainstream scientists, until scientists have visited every habitable planet, every Earth-like planet in the entire universe, cosmos, whatever you want to call it, and they have found no human beings like us anywhere, only then, and I emphasize only then, can science say there couldn't possibly be humans like us anywhere else that originate anywhere else. It's, it, that, that is such a uh, – talk about true believerism. That's true <laughs> believerism on their part. Uh, and, and or true disbelievers. Yeah, it totally could be anything. Human, but the thing is yeah. also – Humans like us could certainly have come from other worlds. Absolutely. Well, see also when they look at and evaluate extrasolar planets, mm-hmm. one of the considerations is are the conditions Earth-like? In other words, able to sustain life as we know it. Once Mm -hmm. you do that, you leave open the possibility, well, if we could possibly live there, maybe a similar civilization. Or it's just as possible here that we do have spacefaring civilizations who seeded many of these worlds, and therefore we are descended from them. I like the pause there. We are descended, pause, 
from then. We've got to pause <laughs> that refreshes here with Walter, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So since we're talking about E.T. being human or humanoid, and not just because it's in the Star Trek universe or in the Star Wars universe or anything like that, or the Stargate universe for that matter... It is obviously easy for them because it's easier on the special effects and makeup budgets. But as a practical matter, Walter, you feel that it's quite possible E.T. will look like us. Oh, sure. Uh, Well, uh, some E.T.'s, yeah, particularly. Because think about it. You say, well, what? Well, Bosley, what proof do you have of that or evidence of that? Well, uh, us. <laughs> We're on an Earth planet, what, what others would call an Earth-like planet. We exist. So, therefore, it must be recognized that it's possible that we exist on other worlds as well. So, that there's evidence, you know, piece of evidence number one. Again, until we have traveled to all the Earth-like planets and found not a single human being originated and developed elsewhere than Earth anywhere else. Only then 
can the conclusion be drawn? I do think that some of us, I, I like this idea. I've heard this. It's not original with me, but I kind of like this hypothesis, this idea that the human genome project, part of that, some people think, is they're looking for that um, extraterrestrial human DNA. You know, what, what if, and this is a what if, but what if, you know, and when I say some of us, I mean billions of us. I, I think billions of people on this planet, it's very, it, it's possible that a human civilization in the remote past came here and, as you say, seeded, you know, the planet, maybe interbred with the humans that were here. And there's probably a whole bunch of us all over this planet who have these genetics in us. And some people think that the, the Human Genome Project, part of the agenda of that is to find that, is to identify that. And I, I kind of think that's a very intriguing idea. You know, well, um, there have been actual researchers that have done exactly that. I've looked into it as much as you can on the internet, which is actually quite a bit, and mm-hmm. not just looking at you know claims in in the uh, various right. believer camps, but the actual science mm-hmm. behind it, and and going as far as they can with the footnotes and following it, and so on. And there are a few anomalies. They don't consider them to be genetic manipulation right you know they consider them to be mutations you know but and exactly but exactly how these mutations came to happen Mm -hmm. in the time span which if it were simply evolution would be like basically overnight evolving a cerebral cortex is like evolving a supercomputer overnight in -hmm. the time span that it happened but they don't say it, it it's alien intervention but the thing is if we go with the whole they seeded life here and have been sort of culturing it along over time, then to us, it would all seem perfectly natural, yeah. right? You wouldn't see it as, as a genetic manipulation. You just can, you just see it as part of our natural evolution. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we go out there, if we get out that far and can find other worlds, that there will be all kinds of worlds where that's been done by civilizations more advanced sure. than we are. Who have mm-hmm. used the same techniques, and therefore we would expect them to evolve pretty much identical to us, or very, very similar, yeah. right? Especially if they go around seeding it. I, I was just watching this video not too long ago. We're getting to the point now where we can almost do that. This breakaway listen initiative. You know, I don't. Have you followed this, Walter? This no. is the one that received the signal from Proxima Centauri. Now they're they're still looking a wild into it. signal. No, this is after this is recently they've okay. identified a signal. This is our closest star system, mm. and uh, somebody leaked it out. Now they're still trying to verify it, but they've said it's definitely, cool. definitely technological, and it appears to be coming from our nearest star system. So now they mm. want to send these little tiny mini robot probes there on solar sails powered by lasers. And mm-hmm. when you take into account time dilation, it would only take them 20 years to get there. And if you were on one of those, you I mean, time would be all very much slowed down. Or they, they would use the concept of the generational ships, where the, the generation that departs, right. some of them may not live long enough. But that's when you're getting into, obviously, beyond the 20-year journey. But uh, they could still use a generational ship. In other words, you have the crew start the journey with a younger crew. And over the course of the 20 years, that younger crew is being trained, you know, further educated, studying this, that, and the other. And then they're the crew that's the, the ground, you know, the, the oh. uh, landing team. 
Absolutely. I mean, we, we're talking about we see these big, huge motherships. Okay, so I mean, they don't need to necessarily make the trip from their star system. These things can right. just float around space, and if they're right. advanced enough to do that, they've probably already figured out aging and anti-aging. And true. And in one of these other videos I was watching, if when you take time dilation into account, they could seed life on a planet like Earth, take mm-hmm. off, and then the whole relativistic speed thing would mean that they could fly off to another star system, do the same thing, and come back well within their lifetime. Meanwhile, our whole civilization will evolve to where it is now. You're right. <laughs> I was I was not thinking of the, the, the relativity issue. You're right. It so, could just be one crew doing this. So yeah, so you or you could have several motherships doing this, but the mm-hmm. bizarre thing about it is once you've started the process, then you go and you come back and all of a sudden all of this is here. Like within, you know, mm-hmm. to them it's only maybe 10 or 15 years to us it's it's ages, right? Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So what you what we're saying basically is that this uh, ancient advanced human civilization that we think came here from another world long ago and maybe they're going to come back actually maybe they originated here it, say when there was an, one of these now lost advanced civilizations they've gone out into space for them it's only been 10 or 20 years by the time they get back but for us they're you know essentially we are their descendants so it's us who have done this, gone out there, and it's us coming back, so to speak. Well, it could I kind of like or, that idea. Or maybe they weren't from here to begin with, but either way, yeah. that's that's where we'd be the breakaway civilization, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's where I was getting at when I said yeah. that, you know, a lot of us have the DNA of what I call, you know, humans from other worlds. Well, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, really, we there is a... Evolution can't really be disputed, right? Uh, th- there's no question we seem to have evolved here. But let's suppose, Basically, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that how it all got started, we don't know about the biogenesis right. necessarily. And right. there are some anomalies. So that would kind of explain, like, if they came here and started this process and then once in a while came back to check it out, you know, they might have had bases and smaller places that over time would deteriorate to the point where we couldn't detect them. It wouldn't need to be this whole giant civilization, but it could explain a few weird anomalies and legends. And then they just left, Mm -hmm. cleaned everything up, went off to the next place. And here we are, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, of course, we're all skipping here is what about warp drive? What about Mm -hmm. since we're already looking at that, in terms of our own science, if we assume a civilization that's hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, instead of taking 25 years to get to us, it takes 25 minutes. Yes. Oh, that's a very good point, Gene. And if we're thinking of this, if we've thought of it creatively in our myths, legends, and our entertainment, and then, then of course, as we have, we've advanced to thinking of it uh, uh, actually, you know, in in the material, real, technological sense, um, certainly they went through the same process, whoever they are, and if they're ahead of us, they could have gone to that next step absolutely and developed the actual warp drive technology sure you know and th- and that's ultimately you know what what you really got to have if you're going to you know journey the cosmos because of the vast distances obviously you can't set up a network of stargates or could you I, i've or been watching you? the for uh, that 10 year well we have of course the stargate sg1 tv series based on the movie 
with different mm-hmm. production crew. I've been right. watching on Amazon. It's a 10-year series. I'm into the sixth year. Okay? And it still, I think, holds up very well. Plus, they get lots of characters who used to be on Star Trek who come on the show. Interesting. More to come cool. with Walter, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. The stress levels of Americans may be at an all-time high. From education to business to basic needs to politics, the 2020 pandemic-related stressors are pushing many of us to near breaking point. That's why you should consider the stress and pain-relieving products from sunny-bay.com. Like our lavender neck wraps and pads infused with premium Washington lavender buds. They relieve tension and relax with a soothing scent of lavender. And lifestyle expert Jennifer Bonner recommends products from Sunny Bay. Sunny Bay's hands-free neck wrap should be your go-to pain relief solution. Give gifts to family and friends that relieve stress and pain. Give love and care by giving the best. Give pillows, neck wraps, and body wraps from sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax manager hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 
frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Regardless, and I think Randall agrees with me here, I don't think either of us are enamored with time travel. Not that it is impossible. It's just that there are so many ifs, ands, and buts that if it were possible, it would have to be under very severe controls. Otherwise, you'd have havoc. And I think that's one of the things where we disagree with Dr. Michael Masters. Forgetting all the other thousands of theories about UFOs, such as Mm -hmm. collective unconscious or co-creation or interdimensional or anything else, whatever it is, it is something that happens now, an event that's happening now, not someone generating it from the future. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are, are definitely on the same page there, Gene. I, I, I personally, just like afterlives, I don't think that time travel is possible in the way that people normally think of it. Just kind of like, Walter, how, how you were t- talking about breakaway civilizations and how you've kind of evolved to really make it a lot more sensible as an option. Because when you look at it from that perspective, it could be actually really, really true. I was just listening to our last interview with you. and It was a really good one, by the way. You brought up the uh, the submarine anal- uh, analogy, you know, the, the idea that, well, you know, I said, well, how could they possibly build one of these motherships, you know, on Earth without anybody knowing about it? You'd need this civil- giant civilization. And you said, well, you know, compartmentalization, you could build it like a submarine. And, and you know, you get thinking about all of this. And I mean, there's still a lot of problems with that. Sure. It's not like it it couldn't be done the way that you were just describing it earlier in the show. You know, especially if there is some collusion going on with these aliens, which may be us, uh, you know, from Mm -hmm. another world who came here. But still, no matter how you look at it, I mean, it would be fascinating. I mean, I don't know that that is the case, that we're really interacting with off-worlders. Right. It would be cool if we were. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I was in my national security career, I was told. Now, when I say told, I wasn't instructed to go to the vault and sit down on a file put in front of me. That That's not how you learn some things, by the way. Um, okay. Some very real things. Just let me interject for a second here because I want to go exactly where you're going now. <laughs> I was listening to one of your podcasts and you called it cleared for weird now for our listeners, <laughs> yeah for, cleared for, for weird for, that's what we yeah. call it so for our listeners you were part of the u.s air force office of special investigations also known as fozzy or just osi OSI. So, yeah. yeah so tell us about when you were your experience with that here's the thing it, it's in my in what i was getting to was you can learn a lot of truths a lot of about a lot of real things not being briefed with a file in a vault 
it can be presented to you in a casual way. I certainly had got my share of, you know, from a superior officer and in casual outside the office conversations about things that allegedly are there. And And what I was getting to is just because I was told that I can't prove that. You know, I can't come on here and say, hey, it's absolutely true because this guy told me it was true. How much trouble have other people in our community gotten into, you know, with doing that kind of nonsense, you know, saying, oh, it's true because somebody else told me. Well, that's that's nothing but hearsay. Now, (laughs) my personal opinion of it, that's within a context of my personal experiences with putting together other things I know, my experience with the individual telling me and their character and their credibility. All those factors go into whether I accept it or not. But as far as trying to convince others, several years back, I had my little epiphany where I quit trying to convince others and I've increasingly gone down that road. I don't try to convince. For instance, I happen to think something of us exists after the body dies. Now, personally, I think that's the case. And that gets into, by the way, it's going to bring us back to the time travel question because it brings us back to my personal position on what I think about time travel. To to go back to what you were saying, I um, was cleared for weird. Now, remember, I had a top secret clearance from day one of my government career. When I started with the FBI, I walked in the doors and I was I had a top secret clearance because they clear you for that. That's part of your background. They adjudicate that. So you start with a TS clearance. Okay. I was an evidence technician for a short period of time before they could get me into a class for counterintelligence. Once you go into counterintelligence, they start adding different levels. We call them tickets. Okay. They're letters. Like, like I have X number of tickets, which I really shouldn't say in a public forum, and there are certain letters, which anybody in that world, I could say, oh, yeah, I'm TS, uh, TSSCI, you know, A, B, C, D, or whatever. Okay. And they would understand what those are and, and what levels and stuff. It's really interesting. What I realized as I was first going into this world and getting briefed and what I, what I actually learned appeared to be very accurate, my suspicions, is that they have a way of, by the time I got to the Air Force, I had already had TS plus some tickets, and they just added more tickets when I became an OSI agent and got into the Air Force. But um, they have a way of briefing you on your levels where you realize, oh, they've briefed me on the basics of some technological realities because I'm going to be working up to that level. And so that way I can be exposed to the specifics of those various technologies. And the beauty is when you look back, you see, this is my opinion now, opinion alert. I'm raising the opinion (laughs) flag. This is my opinion based on professional experience and stuff. I personally think that the possibility or whatever knowledge they have of a civilization out there in space or coming to this planet that you might encounter, that possibility is covered in your briefing level. Was it just implied or was it actually stated? It's not stated at all. But what it is, is if I was able to tell you, you're sitting there getting a briefing. And now remember, again, this is an opinion. This is hypothetical. You know, the guy next to you may not read it that way, but you could look at it and go, oh, we're talking about certain things, you know, at this level that literally at this, you know, level, you know, that could be in space or whatever that's Air Force technology. But actually, the way they're briefing this, that could be something from somewhere else. 
and they're just not specifying it yet because they don't know yet if you're going to have the need to know and be exposed to that or not. Okay. But just, okay. In, right. just in case you are, you've kind of already been briefed on it. Here's a hypothetical. Let's say you are being briefed on the, the captured ET flying saucer. They would say, okay, you know, this is classified up to the such and such level. And if you recall in your briefing, this is what that was referring to, or this covers what that was referring to. You, you follow me? So, so um, I thought that was interesting. But still, even with all this, there's no way I can tell you for sure that what I was told about there were multiple ET civilizations that, you know, maintain just outside of a visual orbit from here, from the ground. I can't prove that. I was told that, but I can't prove that. I wasn't shown any documentation. For all I know, that's just BS ink for the water. In other words, tell this guy something to see if we can trust him. If what we specifically told him shows up out there where it shouldn't, then we can say, hmm, it looks like it came from him, and so now we can't trust him. A lot of this, not to go off on that tangent, but I think that's what the Lazar experienced. More to come with okay. Walter, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. A new order from the Centers for Disease Control will require those traveling on nearly all forms of public transportation to wear a face mask as officials try to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The order, which goes into effect Monday night, calls on all travelers on public conveyances, including airplanes, buses, trains, ferries, taxis, and rideshares, to mask up. The order will also extend to airports, train, and bus stations. The order comes as California reaches another grim milestone. According to new data, California has recorded more than 40,000 deaths from COVID-19. Only New York has recorded more, topping 43,000 deaths in that state. New data from Johns Hopkins University shows that the U.S. had recorded more than 26 million coronavirus infections since the beginning of the pandemic. About 439,000 Americans have died of COVID-19. This is USA Radio News. A pair of Ohio lawmakers are proposing a day to honor former President Trump in their state. Mike Fortier has that story. 
Two state lawmakers proposing a bill to name June 14th Trump's birthday as President Donald J. Trump Day in Ohio. State Reps John Cross and Reggie Stoltzfus emailing colleagues Friday looking for co-sponsors of the bill. They say the bill will celebrate one of the greatest presidents in American history, and it will show the more than 3 million Ohioans that voted for Trump that the legislature recognizes his accomplishments. As you can imagine, not everyone is on board with this. Democratic State Rep Jeff Crossman tells the Columbus Dispatch he thinks it's disrespectful because June 14th is already Flag Day, a federal holiday. For USA Radio News, I'm Mike Fortier. And the Pentagon has paused a plan to vaccinate armed forces and detainees at Guantanamo Bay. The plan to offer the vaccinations at the base on a voluntary basis was authorized earlier this week, but the Pentagon announced that it was being put on hold while it reviews what it called force protection protocols. There are about 40 prisoners left at the facility on the island of Cuba. This is USA Radio News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, there are some questions from our audience in Question Bank that we'll get to, including sure. one related to a certain guy named Rick Doty. But right now, you brought up at the Always. end of our previous segment <laughs> the name Lazar. Tell me more. <laughs> well, I'm just using him as an example. I personally think whatever nugget of truth in his story there might be, I'll go on record, I, I don't buy Bob Lazar. I, I just don't. It could be that if he was exposed to something he thought was extraterrestrial, it could have been this ink for the water, this, you know, hey, let's see how someone reacts to seeing, you know, what they think is an extraterrestrial. I'm more prone to think that if he really did see anything, like when he passed by the window and allegedly saw an alien. Okay, I think if if he had that experience, I think that was just a total artificial scenario that was set up for not just him, but for multiple people to just walk by and be able to see as, you know, some sort of um, uh, study that had nothing to do with what he and the, those who saw it, you know, they would just be passers by and they would test their reactions. Or it could even have been one of those things where, okay, now you're working at this ultra secret or this location that does ultra secret stuff. We got to know if we trust you. And it would be really easy to do this, guys. You could have a little room no bigger than a double closet where you could set it up to make it look like the the ET, you know, lab or something. And and you could just have a a fake thing in there. And as these people you're trying to determine, you know, you can trust, walk by and see it. If they end up talking about it in the public, then you know, oh, okay, we can't trust that guy. 
the the whole thing he saw was BS, but he's blabbing about something he saw here, and he specifically was not supposed to do that. So some of this stuff could be that, could just be a test of you know whether they can trust you. And that's just that's what I think based on my experience in in that world. Well, basically, this is just music to my ears. I mean, I've been saying pretty much the same thing all along as well. I mean, you hear the story while he walked by this, you know, this garage doorway and he could look, see into the hangar and there were these craft. Well, you don't know what those are, really, you know, but at the same time. That doesn't mean that there aren't any either. Right. So, exactly. So, I agree so, with that, too. <laughs> so so you, you could be doing everything you're saying, plus there could still be the real thing going on. Sure. And if any of it got out, nobody would be able to tell which was which. Bingo. Right. <laughs> you know, and because yeah. of that, what yeah. you do is you muddy the waters. Now we're going yeah. from ink in the water to muddying the waters, two different things. And muddying the waters, of course, disinformation. But muddying the waters is you surround the truth with enough BS that it makes the truth easy to uh, dismiss. Right. So if you want to protect an extraordinary truth, surround it with nutty BS so that if somebody does happen to see or glimpse the real thing, it's easier to dismiss it publicly because, oh, come on. That's yeah. just another piece yeah. of the BS that's there. Exactly. And this leads us into the question bank, like Gene announced. Let me say up. one Let me say one thing. I think when people bring up William Tompkins, bless his soul, he was a nice old guy okay. and everything. Yeah. But I think that's the answer to the much of the William Tompkins thing is I think he was exposed to wartime counter espionage disinfo stuff. And he took it to be real. That's where I'm at on William Tompkins. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be the case with, you know, other people as well. And yeah, anyhow, especially, you know, in political office, Mm -hmm. like our Canadian former defense minister and so on. Anyway, um, yeah, Rusty Shackelford in the Paracast community forums, where you can post your questions prior to us interviewing our guests, and we will read Mm -hmm. them on the air for you, has got a question. He says, I've heard Walter say in the past that Richard Doty was held up to him by AFOSI, FOSI superiors and colleagues, as a sort of cautionary tale, in quotation marks. Could you elaborate on what you meant by that? And do you know of any specific actions taken by Doty that got him in hot water? Okay. Uh, when I was a fairly new agent for OSI at uh, Los Angeles Air Force Base, which is an installation that has no flight line. It's a rocket engineering and science and tech S&T base. It's right adjacent, essentially, to LAX, practically. But it's no flight line. Um, and it's got a big counterintelligence mission. I was uh, looking at a concern I had with uh, uh, the possibility of, you know, foreign nationals um, and and how they would try to use civilians to get closer to um, our bases, to see our technology and such and so forth. And this was um, just uh, close enough in concept, I guess, to my supervisor's mind that uh, it was the first time I ever heard the name Richard Doty. And they said, okay, but we want you to be careful with this whenever you're dealing with anything that might, you know, go through the public realm because of, you know, we had an issue with uh, an agent, a guy named Richard Doty, who uh, the way it was put to me um, embarrassed 
OSI and, and didn't make the Air Force happy um, because he had been dabbling, you know, with the the UFO community, that kind of thing. So that was their concern. They said, make sure, you know, we like we like where you're going with this because it is focused. But they were just saying, keep this tight focus because, you know, you, you don't want to screw up like Doty did. And then somebody, <laughs> another agent who had been around for a while, when I went to my next assignment at Wright Pat, Doty came up again on something. And uh, he said, he all he said was, yeah, he, he got he got in trouble for a little while. You know, he the, the joke is in the military is they'll have you handing out basketballs and towels at the gym, you know, when you get in trouble. <laughs> and yeah. You're still in, but they got to keep you away. But I, I really I never met the man until um, and, and when I see meet, it was about maybe four years ago that I had finally um, a, a conversation, a brief conversation through text with him, um, it, you know, just private message, I think Facebook private message. And it was a, it was a nice conversation. Um, I don't know the, the man really. I've, I've never met him. Um, some things being friends with uh, Greg Bishop for many years and being familiar with um, his project beta book and, and things that he told me being the guy that researched and wrote that I have said in the past <clears throat> that, um, I think the uh, culprit in what happened to uh, Benowitz was really the the NSA um, because um, some of the things people think Doty was doing at behest of the Air Force, um, they're not understanding how it works and what was really going on. They're certainly not understanding how it would work. And when you look closely at Greg's – and Greg agrees with this, that really when you read his book and you look closely at the details, um, Doty wasn't so much the villain as the NSA was. Um, so, uh, again, I don't, I really, it's not fair for me to pass judgment on his, uh, his character and his soul <laughs> because of, you know, his reputation. Now, since then, I don't know if he just emerges because he's sincerely interested in this stuff or if he's, you know, involved with some type of, you know, uh, disinfo type of thread. I don't know, but, um, that's, that's possible. But, we uh, did feature yeah. Richard Doty on the Paracast a year or so ago. And he's oh, certainly okay. a personable character. Yeah, nice guy. Sounds sincere and all that stuff. But when he talks to you about something, you have no idea whatever whether this guy is being serious, whether he's putting you on, what kind of game he's playing. Is he a disinformation right. agent? What is he? But then, having worked with the AFOSI, the question I would have is, if he's saying something that goes against what they want him to say, wouldn't somebody call him up or wouldn't three guys in dark suits with suitcases come up to his home and say, Rick, you can't do this because if you do this, you're going to find yourself wearing cement galoshes or something. I have no idea. <laughs> We've got more to come, and it could be your comment about that, Rick Doty, and other questions we have from the Question Bank with Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skin care products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com, antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. 
This is Micah Hanks of the Grayley Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So my question here is, can Rick Doty get away with saying all this crazy stuff if he were not doing it with at least a tacit okay from the powers that be? Well, you've got got two different scenarios here. Let's go back to when he was active, an active duty agent and the stuff he was telling. The stuff he was allowing and leading on Paul Benowitz to believe. Okay? Um, certainly, absolutely, he would get in trouble during that period if he were just making crazy stuff up or saying stuff, you know, anything that he really shouldn't have been saying to Benowitz, um, yeah, OSI would take him to task over. And my understanding is they took him to task over how how that went. Staying within that scenario of when he was on active duty, here's where the, the trouble comes in. Initially, they went and looked at Benowitz because Benowitz was reporting seeing things at Manzano Range. Well, he was probably seeing technology that they really didn't want people talking about. So, you know, they send an OSI agent to find out, but the OSI agent has to discuss it within a framework because he can't, he may not be able to, they don't want him in any way to confirm that it's, it's U.S. technology, but at the same time, they want him to find out, you know, what is Benowitz seeing, that kind of thing. So in the course of all that, as we know, you can read the book, you can go back and hear the interviews, and the course of that is where Benowitz increasingly was having these experiences and seeing things that he was being allowed to just freely interpret as aliens and extraterrestrials and there's this war going on and such. But at some point, in all fairness, at some point, Doty and Bill Moore were, were telling Benowitz, you know, hey, Paul, this isn't real. This isn't true. You know, you're wrong about that. But there were still things being done at aimed at Benowitz that he was interpreting as this whole alien thing. And those were the things coming from the NSA direction. So what happens is you have this agent responding to this situation, you know, to protect in the interest of protecting technology. What happened was the, uh, whatever the degree the NSA was involved in this project, you know, they want to take it further to see for whatever their reason is for, okay, let's see how this guy reacts to this or what he thinks about that. So they're kind of doing their own thing. All right. And when an agent is working with another agency, they've got to be doing their own agency's thing. Plus they, they're serving the interests of that other agency. Okay. And, um, that, that can be a, a, a thin line to try and walk and not, you know, screw up. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. Walter. So, so that, yeah. that all makes perfect sense. And I've certainly got a lot of respect for Greg Bishop over there at Radio Mysterio. So for sure, some really good material from Greg, no doubt. In relation to this, too, and this, this kind of ties right in. This is sort of part two of Rusty Shackleford's other question here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he says in interviews, Doty has mentioned a team 
within a FOSI known as the Special Projects Team or the PJ Boys that were often mm-hmm. used to intimidate and threaten UFO witnesses. Are you able to confirm that it existed? And if so, were they ever used to investigate UFOs? Uh, if that was his characterization of them, I can't back that up because I've known PJ guys. Uh, now, look, Doty was in before me. He was in longer than me. I was with OSI for six years, and then I went to another organization to do counterterrorism. And, uh, but uh, for the six years I was in and the, and the PJ guys I got to know, I have a hard time buying that they would, you know, show up to intimidate on people's doorsteps. It was more if there was any interaction between PJ agents and someone in the public like that. The only thing I could realistically imagine was they were just saying, hey, we, you know, we're so-and-so special agents, blah, blah, blah. And we hear that you reported, um, you know, a, uh, a UFO. You know, or, or whatever, we'd like to talk to you about that. Or you saw something out, you know, for the, we'd like to, it wouldn't be this, you know, this intimidation thing. I sincerely doubt that. But he was in longer than me, and he probably knew a lot more PJ guys than I did. So I can't say that he's not telling the truth. All I can say is my limited six year experience with the organization, even though I was cleared for weird and stuff, fairly deep in stuff, um, I, that doesn't I can't back that up with my experience on that. But now here's what's interesting. A, a minute ago, I told you about the scenario while he was on active duty, how it would work. Now, since he's been out, he has said a lot of this stuff now. This thing about the PJ agents intimidating people and some of the other things people have heard him say in interviews, that could be more um, either uh, muddying the waters or inking the waters type stuff, more like muddying the waters. We have no way of knowing. Only Richard Doty knows if he's still under contract or whatever. You know, and, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, are you, yeah, ever, could are you ever really out after you've been in? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are, well, for instance, I'm an officer, and anybody who's commissioned will tell you, they tell you this. They go, look, your commission is for life, and no matter what you're doing, we can yank you back on active duty up until you're 62 years old. And they, you know, when you sign that paper, so, you know, it on, in a way, as an officer, you're never out. Um, but I can tell you, they haven't bothered me, you know, <laughs> and I'd be getting a paycheck if I were still <laughs> in, you know, and he would too. He would be getting, believe me, he would be getting paid if right. he were still, you know, but they have ways of doing that yeah. where, you know, it looks like something else. But uh, it's possible that he could still be doing uh, water muddying by coming out here in the community and doing these things. But but it, it might be more likely that he's still just interested in it. He likes the attention. And, you know, I don't know. He could just be having fun with the audience, you know, the people. But, um, you know, I just, my experience, I don't buy the uh, PJ agents intimidating people. But I have to say I could be wrong. What about agents actually using other agents in the way that we talked about with Lazar, where the agent being used is fed disinformation to see what they go and do with it. And so he maybe really believes all this stuff, but really it's not the case. He's, he himself is an unwitting, um, I'm not sure, in, <laughs> a whistleblower informant for muddying the waters. What yeah. Would you call that. Um, it's interesting that you'd you'd present that possibility. I, there was something I was involved in that um, 
I remember the day I was sitting at my desk when that thought crossed my mind. The thought crossed my mind, hey, wait a minute. Could this thing I'm a part of, thing I'm working on, could could this be um, – it, it be – it's a legitimate program, but could this program be being used for something else? And what I'm doing on it day to day, you know, I'm I'm believing I'm fighting the cause, blah, blah, blah. But could I actually be being used in this capacity unwittingly to just, you know, uh, facilitate the ulterior, you know, thing that's going on? And I know I'm sorry I'm being vague, but I have to be. And I remember that day was the beginning of me thinking, okay, I've done this particular thing long enough. It's time to do something else. Because I was like, well, I, I'm not if, – if, if I'm being used as a patsy here, I, no way. I'm not going to do that. I want to go be part of something where, uh, you know, at least I think, you know, still that uh, it's the real deal. So I – from my experience, particularly my specific experience, that scenario could be totally possible. Totally possible. Mm-hmm. And it let makes, me give you an example. It makes, sense. it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Yeah. When I was vetting an asset, when I was in, I was chief of a CE ops, essentially it's double agentry. When I was chief of that branch at Wright Pat, player manager, because I would run ops as well as just be the officer, you know, running it. Um, uh, if I were vetting a source, I would use, so to speak, I got quotes around that word. I would utilize um, some of the, just the plain CI branch guys over at the detachment to help me get closer to potential assets that I wanted to vet. And these agents, they wouldn't know any details about what I was, you know, the details about what I was doing. They knew that I was in the special branch, you know, and, uh, but, you know, I the things I would have them do to get me close to an asset were were bogus. They were bogus projects, and those agents may or may not, depending upon if I need to tell them or not, may or may not that know that it is bogus. They might think that, hey, I really need this data, do this thing, and they might think, oh, okay, it's a real thing, when actually it's just a BS tool that I've created to get close to individuals who I want to vet to be double agents. See, So knowing okay, that... Yeah. So- We've got more to talk about with Walter Bosley. As you see, it never ends. Gene, Walter, Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So whether Walter knows it or not, he's going to be stuck here for another bit of time after the show ends, for after the Paracast, because we never stop with the questions. There's always something more. Randall, you want to pick up on this and maybe bring up some more of the questions from the audience? Absolutely. Yes, because we do have a couple more questions. Uh, I was just kind of having a chuckle to myself there. Uh, how much this just re- reminded me of, of spy versus spy, you know, in the yeah, magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just so classic. We've got a question from Damien in the Paracast community forums. He says, I read Latitude 33, Key to the Kingdom. And this is definitely something I'd like to get into a little bit more later because I was listening to your YouTube podcast where you were talking about that. And I was just enthralled. It was so fascinating. So we got to get into that a little later, maybe even in after the Paracast. But he says he was reading Latitude 33, Key to the Kingdom. And I'm interested in more research about Latitude 33. Another author has it as the 37th parallel, Mm -hmm. and if the events are significantly different than other parallels, to convince a statistician. Now, if I'm reading that right, he's kind of saying, well, look, you know, could this just be a case of we just happen to be focused there and we could probably find out all kinds of similar things in other parallels? Or is this really truly a special situation with Latitude 33? Ah, well, here is the interesting thing about that, that I, in fact, I point out if he's read the book, it's in there. I'm anxious. I admit I haven't done it yet. I'm anxious to read the uh, Latitude 37 book. Here's the thing. And as I mentioned in the, in Latitude 33, my book, uh, it's a zone. It's a zone actually between 30 and 40 degrees north latitude. So, the 37 stuff is as legitimate as the 33 stuff. And look, this is to the extent that I've researched this. And remember, Latitude 33 was my first nonfiction book that I came out with in 2008. I haven't looked at this stuff deeply for about 12 years as far as the Latitude stuff goes. But that's why you're seeing like my stuff and other stuff on Latitude 33. I'm not the only one who's written about the 33rd degree of Latitude. That's why you're seeing the Latitude 37. That's why you see stuff somewhere between 30 
30 and 40 get talked about because it's a zone. It's like a belt around the planet. It's a zone. And I do say that in latitude 33 and and specifically Disneyland just happens to be on that 33rd degree so that's why I looked at you know what was 33 but but it's a zone it's between 30 and 40 did that answer the question or did oh, I forget I another part of it no I think that's pretty good okay. I mean we, we could probably talk about other places you know where is you know oh sure so-called yeah. ley lines cross and I mean they're all over the world where these places happen so you know I, I think that yeah, I think we got that pretty well answered kind of in a general sense there. Um, and actually, I would suggest for Damien to go listen to a couple of your podcasts about that, because then you start to really pick up on on the specialness of these certain places, because it is really quite fascinating. Sure. And let me add this, that a lot of people have asked me, you had said you're doing a follow up to the Latitude 33 book, and I am definitely trying to. I, I have this hypothesis about... Who might have known how to do this stuff with carousels on telluric currents? I'm trying to pinpoint more data on that. I'm, I'm having a hard time finding it, okay? To be honest, that's why a fo- the follow-up book hasn't come out yet because I'm, I'm still doing the research on it. And I'm not finding anything to back up my hypothesis. So, you know, I'm not going to put a book out until I find something either way that's worth proposing. I don't want to put a book out that's full of I think, I think, I think, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it's interesting to hypothesize, but I mean, yeah, you sure. go, you do go looking for historical references to things that are at least connected. I try to. And, and yeah. I find that really fascinating. We do have one more post uh-huh. in the question bank. Now, this is more of sure. a comment, and I'll just read it as it's written here. Uh, this comes from Tony Mac, MC, just M to MC, part of a mix some, somebody uh, mm-hmm. or MC. I'm glad he's coming back. I haven't heard from him in a while. In the future, when he's on, there's a recent podcast called Penny Royal, mm-hmm. where the podcaster was inspired by Mr. Bosley. So mm-hmm. uh, apparently you've got uh, some people out there who admire your work. I'd love to hear an episode where he and the broadcaster of the podcast were chatting together. So I don't know if you've ever done a Penny Royal uh, interview, but no, but may- Rick has. Okay. My, my co-author on Empire of the Wheel, I just heard about this thing. I didn't, I wasn't contacted by them or anything. And I listened to it and it is fascinating. I, I really enjoyed hearing this, all the episodes of this Penny Royal. It's very interesting. And Rick, of course, um, was, uh, was on there. Yeah, I, I look forward to more from that. Um, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know to, uh, well, I've just lost my thought what I was well, going to say. It, you know, I know it's kind of an odd thing to say because here we are on the Paracast and, and uh, you know, but really, we like to think of ourselves here as networking with other people in the community in the oh, larger sure. sense. Yeah. You know, like Craig Bishop is awesome and Micah Hanks is awesome and, and his team over at the Debrief are awesome. Yeah. And and so, you know, it's, it's just fine. So if that works out, uh, there you go. Just wanted to let you know. Sure. Sure. But yes, I have heard of Penny Royal. Yes, I've listened to all the episodes and um, I, I find it real interesting, definitely from the perspective of, you know, certainly what uh, I've explored in that range. I'd like to, you know, before we, we had you on the show, we just touched base kind of in a brief chat before that. And we got talking about your experience as a writer 
which mm-hmm. actually is is coming along really well. I mean, your page has lots oh, of interesting con- content on there, and uh, people should check it out. Definitely, there's links in the forum to where your all of your books are. But I noticed when I was reading through on the website that you had a whole paragraph dedicated to the subject of people who were basically stealing your work, or more accurately, maybe pirating it. And I thought that was a really interesting conversation. And we talked about maybe bringing that up. What what was that experience like for you as a writer? Well, now, when you give me a little more context, was I talking about um, uh, a book being, you know, posted? Yeah, Uh, it it was uh, because you've actually discontinued using some of the uh, uh, services out there because people were just taking them and converting them and posting them for anybody to have for free. What happened was when I came out with my book, Shimmering Light, which, uh, you know what, I think that's one that I've also written, if I'm not mistaken, since being on the show last. I'm not sure. um, Around 2016, 2017 is when Shimmering Light came out. Anyway, when I released that. Um, now, what usually happens is, um, and I, I, I make my primary living off doing these books, which uh, obviously I'm not a wealthy man, but, <laughs> but um, I, what happens is the new book is always the one that's making the most, right? Because it's the new book. And that usually lasts for a, a certain period of time, a period of months that it's the, the so-called, I'm putting heavy quotes around this moneymaker, of, of all the other ones. And what happened was after about 45 days, I noticed that it dropped precipitously. And, you know, I thought, well, okay, whatever. And after a couple of months of this, almost a couple of months of this, I wondered what's going on here. And so I went and looked into it. And sure enough, I had found where some wonderful human being, I'm being very sarcastic, had uh, had taken the kit, and this was on Kindle as well as print on demand, and had taken the Kindle file, converted it to a PDF, and had just posted it in the forum of, you know, another forum that's out there. And, um, I, and it was there for, you know, hey, folks, you might like this book. I had not given permission for this. It was a book I was, it was my newest book. I was, you know, currently selling this book. And so I contacted the guy who runs that webpage and to his great credit, he doesn't live in the U S but to his credit, I think within an hour he had found, you know, who had posted it and he had pulled it off the, his site. He apologized profusely. He told the guy, Hey, don't do this. This is intellectual property. We'll explore what happened with this in our next segment with Gene, Randall, and Walter. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The new year is here, and the time is now to capitalize on the unprecedented boom in the U.S. markets. Here's just one example of what you can get with your free subscription to the CB Industry Report. The legal cannabis market is making huge moves since the election, and the market is projected to grow to $47 billion by 2025. The companies that we've identified are set to disrupt this multi-billion dollar industry. Get your free subscription to the CB Industry Report now when you text the word now to 48542. Get this red-hot intelligence delivered directly to your mobile device so you can make decisions as market conditions change. If you're interested in our hit list of the hottest stocks to look at in 2021, then text the word now to 48542. Text now to 48542. And don't get left behind in 2021 where unprecedented trading ideas for you to research are waiting. Text the word now to 48542. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value free by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours free. 2020safe.net. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. To recap very briefly, Walter finds this book converted to text, posted on another forum, and he gets in touch with the people who run it, and they seem to be, as we say back in Brooklyn, manches about getting rid of it. You had more to say, Walter, about it? Yeah, so basically, though, uh, because it did hurt my income for a period of six months total, you know, that particular year, I immediately, as as the guy was pulling it off his forum, I just made the decision, it's going to destroy even the sales of the printed books, you know. So I yanked everything I had on Kindle off of Kindle. I just yanked it off of Kindle. And I don't sell my printed stuff on Amazon either, because subsequent to that, the reason I don't sell my printed books on Amazon is Amazon, initially they courted all the small press publishers and independent authors, but they turned on all of us um, not too long ago. And um, I will not sell my stuff through Amazon because they're terrible for small press publishers and independent authors. So that's why my stuff, unless it's a used book, if somebody's bought my book and they're selling their used copy on Amazon, that's where you might find it. Yeah, and and so I won't sell stuff on Kindle. Now, yes, presently. What is Amazon doing that major oh. reach this decision. Well, I use Lulu.com for my printing and distribution. Now, people say, "Oh, they're a they're a vanity press publisher." First of all, Lulu themselves are not a publisher. I am the publisher in my case. I'm the one that has my company, my label. My publishing company has been in business over 18 years, and I've published several authors other than myself. And none of those authors have ever paid me a dime to print their books. I'm not a vanity press. Lulu, I simply use them as a printing and distribution tool, essentially. They get their cut, but that's where you go to buy my books. They print my books, and they ship them out. But I'm the one who creates the books. You know, If it's another author's, I put it together, blah, blah, blah. If it's my book, I write it, yada, yada, so forth. So Lulu is just printer distributor for me. And and they are that for a lot of small press publishers and independent authors. So they offered this deal where you can get your print-on-demand books marketed through Amazon. And what happened was um, Amazon, the deal that Amazon made with Lulu was, oh, we get the lion's share. I mean, we're talking a huge chunk of the profit, okay? And then Lulu gets the next big chunk. And then what's left for the small press publisher or the independent author is this small percentage, okay? Now, you could say, well, gee, you're prone to sell a lot more books through Amazon, so that small percentage gets bigger. Ah, not so fast. What happens is you're – oh, and you're also allowed to market your own direct sales, right? But what happens is Amazon does this thing where their copy, their deal – of your book gets pushed and yours gets shoved aside. So you lose your direct sales because everybody's going to Amazon. If they, if people can find your new book on Amazon, well, screw your direct sales. They're not going to buy it from you. They're going to go with the convenience of Amazon. See, Amazon knows this. With Amazon's create space, it's yeah. print on demand. You don't have to invest in buying printed books and shipping them. Same Amazon does yeah. that. 
well, and Lulu does the same thing. Oh, and if you, well, if you use create space, your percentage is even smaller. You got to get into the weeds on this and it's there. And I just will not, um, I will not do Amazon. I, I don't trust them anymore. I don't like them. Now, now I went ahead and I allowed Latitude 33 and Shimmering Light to be on Kindle because they they were well, they were already there. I'm I'm assuming there might be a lot of copies of those two books out there. So I kind of look at those as okay. That's my blood sacrifice to publishing, and <laughs> you know, well, if it's it, all it, after it, the fact anyway. You know, at a certain point, well, okay, fine, yeah. leave it out there. What what you get from it is great. But I wanted to ask you those questions because I'm sure that in our audience we do have some people out there who are aspiring writers and authors, and uh, it's really good to hear. When we get someone who is a writer, an author, uh, what their workflow is like and, and what mm-hmm. it's just li- like to be a writer in this field. So thanks for sharing that. I, I do want to say this, that there's another author who I'm friends with, and for years he had other publishers, and I was telling him, hey, why don't you try doing a couple of books, on create your own label, be your own publishing label do use the lulu process and system and see if you know how that works for you on the income he did it and after he got his first book out there on the market using them this print on demand thing as his own publisher i i forgot he like uh, he he called me like in the middle of the night to thank me profusely because he's making significantly more uh, money on his books than he did being published by a, and I'm putting quotation marks around this, a legitimate publisher, you know? Um, so he's glad he did it and he switched to that a hundred percent. So, well, well, thanks for that. That that's probably going to be some interesting news for some of our aspiring writers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we, um, we're starting to get towards the end of the show. We've still got, uh, I think, maybe another one or two segments left. Let's talk a little bit about one of your more recent books, The Esoteric Napoleon. Now, most people don't really think of Napoleon as being esoteric or, you know, they, they think of him as the military commander. And, uh, you know, so, so what, what's the sort of uh, esoteric side of Napoleon all about? Ah. Uh. Ah, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> this is the reason why I uh, wrote a whole book on this. And actually, if you'll notice on the cover, it says Volume 1. Um, I had, for some years, the Louisiana Purchase had made me curious about Napoleon. Because there, you know, there there seems to be some curious things about the Louisiana Purchase, about the um, the Lewis and Clark expedition. Not the least of which is the death of Meriwether Lewis, which I am. I raise my hand. I am in the camp that Lewis was murdered. Now, for what purpose is a whole discussion? Um, there's a guy named Xaviant Hayes, I think is his name, who wrote a book on the murder of Meriwether Lewis, if you want the basics. Um, and so because of all this weirdness going on surrounding the Louisiana Purchase, and gosh, why would Napoleon, you know, people say, well, he needed the money because of the war that was going on, but, you know, the blah, 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 so forth. And then, and then him going to Egypt, there was this fascinating story that he had spent a night in the pyramid, and when he emerged, he was visibly shaken and pale. And he would—he he told of close confidant um, 
if I told you what happened in there, you would never believe it. And this is this apocryphal tale about Napoleon. And I always wondered, you know, is there any truth to this? So a few years ago, about three years ago, I think, I was visiting a friend in uh, Oklahoma, and we went to his favorite bookstore, which is a big, huge used bookstore. And I found a copy of a book that I had heard of, but I had never found a copy of before, uh, titled uh, Bonaparte in Egypt. And uh, I scooped that up because it's from like mid-20th century. Bonaparte in Egypt. Hmm. Our next segment with Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Construction of a wall on the country's southern border was halted this week by an executive order from President Biden. About 450 additional miles of border fencing were built during former President Trump's administration. Representative Ed Harrell says that halting construction of the wall takes away a tool to secure the southern border. The New Mexico Republican tells Fox News that the executive order puts everyone at further risk. Another executive order that really will have a profound effect on New Mexico, a border state. We know the wall worked and we have to protect the communities, the ranchers, the farmers, the families that live in our border communities. And this executive order, again, with the uh, immigration issue, puts everybody at risk further. And so it's unbelievable that we would actually compromise the safety and health and really the national security of our nation by virtue of these executive orders. This is USA Radio News. Maryland became the second state to identify a case of the highly transmissible South African strain of the coronavirus. The state announced Saturday that an adult from the Baltimore metro area tested positive for that variant. Dr. Paul Offit is a member of the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee, and he tells CNN that the appearance of variants is not unexpected. But what concerns him is the possibility of a variant appearing that the vaccines are ineffective against. The critical question is not, or is it going to create variants? It's going to create variants. The critical question is, are those variants functionally different than the original strain? In other words, are they more likely to be contagious? Are they more likely to cause more severe disease, i.e. be more virulent? And then most worrisome at all, are they likely to resist vaccine-specific immunity? People are looking closely at this. People are getting ready to include these variants in the vaccine if we need a second generation vaccine. But I'm just trying to calm the waters a little bit here. Worry, when you start to see people who've gotten the vaccine, 
vaccine, fully vaccinated, that then nonetheless are still hospitalized or killed by these viruses. That hasn't happened yet. This is USA Radio News. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. I've probably noticed in the past five years that my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines, wrinkles. My crow's feet have gotten deeper. Wow. I was hoping for five years, but that's like what my eyes looked like ten years ago. That is really cool. Wrinkle gone? (laughs) It's easy. Just put it on your finger and go. Now I wish I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle that's bugging me. I am a little bit emotional. I, turning 40, I didn't think would be a big deal to me, but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what um, what I see when I look in the mirror. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. This is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Bonaparte in Egypt, Walter Bosley. Pray tell, we want to know more. Aha, well, so did I. So I read Bonaparte in Egypt, and I, I started looking into Napoleon, and, and it would be a, a two-hour conversation in itself, believe me. Um, but let's just say that the more I learned about Napoleon Bonaparte, the more I saw, and I read thousands of pages on him before writing this book, over, over 5,000, and there's a lot more than that that's been written about Napoleon Bonaparte. But I came away increasingly with the opinion, and I stand by it today. I consider myself an admirer of Napoleon. I came away, to me, it's clear that the European oligarchy, okay, the European and British oligarchy, the dynastic families, the monarchies, the money people, city of London, central banker types, they despised Napoleon. They kicked off what ended up being a 200-year-long character assassination of Napoleon Bonaparte. The more I looked at the terrible things that had been written and said about him, the more I dug into the history, both the contemporary histories and the, you know, the histories written more recently, I found, as we do a lot of times, that there was a lot of BS in the mix, and the BS ends up being how Napoleon was characterized. Now, in our community, people are going to bring up, oh, but what about Nostradamus? He predicted Napoleon, and Napoleon was the first Antichrist and all this stuff. Well, I learned that that's nonsense, because the guy who that originated with in the early 20th century, this idea that Nostradamus had predicted Napoleon, he admitted publicly that his translation of Nostradamus was awful, was very weak, you know, and and he he kind of half made up this Napoleon as Antichrist stuff. So no, Nostradamus never predicted Napoleon, uh, you know, being the first Antichrist. That's all BS that has been perpetuated. I've had people get angry with me when I bring that up since writing this book because they they know for a fact that the Nostradamus thing is real and true, and no, it's not. 
No, it's not. The guy admitted that the translation of Nostradamus he based his whole thing on was just weak and terrible. This has gone on, like I said, for 200 years about Napoleon, but, but it was the pyramid story, Bonaparte in Egypt, that still continued to fascinate me. And I learned in uh, my research on Napoleon, I learned that he was um, on a high level of mathematical uh, comprehension. I mean, the guy, this is why he was brilliant with artillery, as an artillery officer, because he was essentially a, a natural mathematician. And I found out that he was deeply interested in ancient history and, you know, things like lost civilizations, all these things we're interested in, right? And uh, he actually, at heart, was more of a scientist than he was a military commander or, or, or more so even more than he was a politician, Okay, you know, I learned that when he goes to Egypt on his big expedition, he takes I can't remember how many there were hundreds of what he called the savants. These were um, uh, scientists. These were bio, uh, archaeologists, biologists, you name it. All sciences were uh, represented. Okay, his number one um, advisor, personal mentor, you know, was was a guy who. Um, I get his name wrong, Manger, I think is how you, you pronounce it, Mange or Manger. You know, this guy was a mathematical genius, and th there's a particular thing in geometry or something that is named after him. And it has to do with spatial stuff, spatial energies. And I was able, and I go into this in the book, I was able to show where Monge might have put Napoleon up to staying in the pyramid that legendary night. I think that night happened. I think uh, Napoleon had some type of um, extraordinary experience. And uh, like I said, there's just so much about it. It's hard to just pinpoint. That's why I you know, wrote one book about it already, and I'm getting ready to start volume two. Right. This is uh, 332 pages, paperback. Mm -hmm. So so it's not just a, a thin book, and it sounds like it's not just necessarily light reading either. It, it sounds really quite fascinating. Can you give us some idea, like a, a few more teasers here? Just like in uh, in the book review here, it says, actually, and this is interesting too, it says, in this fourth installment of the Secret Missions series, so mm -hmm. we need to know what that's about. But mm -hmm. it it also says, uh, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte. What was he searching for in Egypt? Mm -hmm. So you know, with you don't have to give away the whole book, but I mean, this sounds like quite an expedition that he yes. took there to try and find something. So yes. you know, what was he after? I think he was after. Um, I think he, I, he was after a couple of things. Okay, and one of them had to do with uh, maybe of personal interest. Um, the other thing was, I, I think he was after the evidence of, you know, a lost civilization. And um, I think Mange, Manger, however you want to pronounce the name, understood more about these things than he did. And... Um, you know, being his closest mentor, I think, uh, was kind of driving Napoleon to certain paths. Now, there are some officers. This is interesting. One of Napoleon's subordinate officers was um, uh, de Hopepool, 
Okay. Now, Hopepool, that name you should recognize because that's the um, the name of the woman buried in the tomb that Father Sonier of the whole Ren Le Chateau mystery. That's the woman buried in the tomb that's part of his mystery where he thinks the tombstone holds a secret. And this officer in Napoleon's army was a relative of Madame de Hopepool who's in the middle of the Rennes-le-Chateau mystery. And this Colonel de Hopeful, uh was with the gentleman who is more widely uh, uh, credited with stumbling upon the Rosetta Stone. Now, it's my speculation, okay, it's my conjecture, that the Rosetta Stone wasn't just tripped over, it, it was somebody knew about it, somebody had it, and this is how it was brought out publicly, is it, it was, you know, that it emerged by accident. And I think the whole pool was involved with that. And um, that's just one example of my opinion of what was going on with uh, his Egyptian, Napoleon's Egyptian campaign. You know, um, you also had a Bonapartist officer who, after... Waterloo and all of that, when the Bonapartists came to the United States, um, you had one of them who was a Poisson, um, a descendant of Nicholas Poisson, who also is famous for the uh, Three Shepherds painting, which is popularly referred to as Et in Arcadia Ego. That, too, is neck deep, or should we say skull deep, in the Rennes-le-Chateau mystery. So you've got Napoleon surrounded by, you know, these these guys who are um, like Mange and, and they're um, how would we put it? They're scientist types, but they're they're also the type of guys that are interested in things like alchemy and stuff like that. So, were they involved in some type of secret society group that kind of thing? Um, they they could have been. You have these people that are directly connected to the Ren Le Chateau mystery in one way or another. Okay, and then you have. Um, uh, you have, for instance, the, the mystery of a painting. Now, Napoleon, before he went to Egypt, when he was invading Italy, um, he obtained a painting from the collection of the Duke of Modena. And um, uh, this painting personally fascinated Napoleon, and he kept it in, in his home. And I've been unable to identify the painting. Now, this comes to us from Sir Walter Scott. Let's do our break, and we'll have more our final segment before we do after the Paracast with Walter. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. 
Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, let's continue about this painting. Yes, the the mysterious painting that Sir Walter Scott is the only one who mentions this mysterious painting. In the over 5,000 pages I have read. Now, you have to say, if he's the only one who mentions it, is it BS? Well, 
he got acknowledged it could be. But when you see that Napoleon, of course, was just collecting all sorts of artwork for the Louvre, you know, when you see what kind of mind he had, the things he was interested in, when you see the people that surrounded him. Oh, by the way, Napoleon was loved by Freemasons. It doesn't look like he was a Freemason himself, but he was loved by Freemasons. And back then, those guys were often involved with things like the secret society, alchemists, hermetics, stuff like that. So he's surrounded by people like this. And Sir Walter Scott has this story of this one painting. You know, we never find out what was in that painting. But think about it. I mentioned there was a junior officer, Poisson, who was a descendant of Nicholas Poisson, who did this hermetical painting. So was this painting that Napoleon was fascinated by, was it one of these paintings that like a, like, you know, Da Vinci's Mona Lisa that apparently had something encoded in it? Was there something in this painting that only he understood? What happened to this painting? What was this painting? I haven't been able to identify that yet. There's been a couple of possible candidates that pop up, but then they're eliminated, you know, for good reasons, I think valid reasons. So that, that's just one example of, you know, another example, I should say, little tidbits in the book that make this interesting. Now, the final thing I'll mention is kind of the, the my biggest way out there, way out there. I, I guarantee you the people who don't like speculation or conjecture at all are just going to have a hoot with this, the third part of the Esoteric Napoleon book. But hey, I think there's something to this. And uh, I don't know if I should reveal it here. I think it's more fun to let people read it. But let me just say that um, I have... You can't do that now. (laughs) I'll tell you this much. I think there's reason to accept the possibility that when Napoleon was captured, you know, remember, he was first arrested and sent to the island of Elba, and then he escapes and he has his hundred days. And then, you know, then he's captured after Waterloo and sent to St. Helena. I think it's possible that there was a switcheroo pulled and that that was not Napoleon on St. Helena. Uh-huh. And I'm not the only one, by the way. This isn't this isn't Walter Bosley pulling something out of his backside, OK, like my my haters love to say. There's others who think this. And I looked at it. I studied it. I think it's a valid possibility, very valid possibility. And from there, I propose what I think happened, you know, with that scenario, how how it was done, how it played out. Right. Like, and what was so, the actual real Napoleon doing during this? Oh, I, he was living in the United States under the identity of his brother, Joseph. Oh. You see, Joseph and Napoleon looked so remarkably alike that they were often confused for each other. We have a story that Joseph Bonaparte was walking down the street in, was it, it was either Philadelphia or somewhere in New Jersey. I think it was Philadelphia. And a man who had been like a Secret Service agent is to a president, a man who had been a personal guard to Napoleon himself. He sees this so-called Joseph Bonaparte approaching him with a couple of other people, and he says, Mon Emperor, he's excited (laughs) to see him. And we're told that Joseph says, oh, no, no, you have it wrong. I'm not the emperor. I'm Joseph. And the guy is like, yeah, okay. Right. We have that story. And there's a whole there's a lot of other stuff in the book. I got to save some stuff for the book. But, yeah, I think it's very possible. And by the way, it's a it's part of the historical facts, documented facts that Joseph himself proposed that they switch places right before we are told Napoleon is arrested. Joseph is on record 
with the witnesses source historical sources of saying they won't they won't know the difference let me take your place there's a ship waiting for you right now from the United, the United States Navy sent a boat over okay and they were 8 miles off the coast of France and they were waiting to take Napoleon to the United States and his brother said we've arranged this the United States wants you please get on this the little dinghy here the boat let these these two officers take you to that frigate and, and get to America. Let me take your place. And we're told that um, Napoleon, of course, said, oh, no, no, I couldn't do that. that. At the time, remember, he didn't know he was going – nobody knew he was going to be taken to that island. Okay, At the time, he thought he was going to be under house arrest in some estate in northern England. Okay, It wasn't until the ship supposedly – and I put quotation marks – with Napoleon on board arrives at the uh, English port when he finds out, oh, no, you're not even getting off the boat. We're resupplying and you're going to a rock you know, 600 miles or whatever off the coast of Africa. So we are told that Napoleon said – no, 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 I'll just go ahead and let the English arrest me and I'll, I'll live at a nice estate. Well, when you study this man, that is so not like him, but it's, it's more like Joseph to want to. So the, the Napoleon you read about on St. Helena is so much more like Joseph Bonaparte than it is Napoleon that you have to wonder. You know, there you have it. And there's more details as to why I think this. And I could be wrong. Yeah, but it's fascinating to think about. This is part of the Secret Mission series. Yes. So just tell us quickly a little bit about what that's about. Well, the first Secret Missions book uh, I dove into because, interestingly enough, I should say, when I first started researching the Empire of the Wheel stuff, even before Rick came on board, basically data about Juan Cabrillo was emerging in all this. So after three books and a few years, I had to get a break from the Empire of the Wheel stuff because there's elements of it that's so dark. So I wrote the Juan Cabrillo book, and that was Secret Missions 1, essentially, the hidden history of old California. Well, then I had some interest in Richard Francis Burton and made a really interesting – I learned something about his life and explorations, and that became Secret Missions 2, the lost expedition of Sir Richard Francis Burton. While I was doing the Burton book, some stuff about Ambrose Bierce and his disappearance and his life popped up. So after I finished the Burton book, I did Secret Missions 3, Destination Carcosa, all about Ambrose Bierce and some mysteries involving with him. So Napoleon ended up being the fourth in the series. So you never run out of people well, to the, the study. Secret missions, yeah, the Secret Missions series specifically is about historical individuals who you know, were either explorers or particular types, and there's missing documentation or a, a chunk missing about their lives or something curious, some weird thing. That's why I write about them. You know, with Juan Cabrillo, nobody knows exactly where he died or where he's buried. There were multiple stories from the crew that survived. Even the crew that was there and witnessed it, you had multiple conflicting stories. And they've never found his body, his bones to this day. So I have a hypothesis about that. And then Richard Francis Burton, he disappeared for six months of his life in the wilderness in South America. And this is a man who wrote details about everything, but he never wrote a single word about what he was doing for six months in the South American wilderness. We can always put him on a spaceship. Right. So, so and those, besides those which, that's things. why we need time machines to see what really happened. Yeah. And Walter Bosley, take a moment here, tell our listeners they want to know more of what you do. Where do they go? 
Okay. Well, I have my live stream every Sunday night, 5.30 Pacific time at the Walter Bosley channel on YouTube. And I keep it real casual. I keep it real fun, but I try to you know present informative things there. My books and the books of other the few other authors that I publish can be found at lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. Print on demand, great quality stuff. It takes a couple of weeks to get it, but it's worth the wait. Very affordable. And empireofthewheel.blogspot.com is a very good place to go to get the feel for what I do and interested in if you're not familiar with me. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. We offer all sorts of branded merchandise at theparacast.shop, theparacast.shop. Check it out. Good prices, good merchandise. Check us out on Facebook. Check out the Paracast Plus where we offer a version of this show free of the network ads with enhanced audio so Walter Bosley sounds even better. I never change for some reason. I guess it's a space-time continuum. We also offer the After the Powercast podcast where we have special interviews and Walter's going to return for that because we won't let him leave. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> he can't leave. He wants to leave, but we've got him we've got him chained to the wall right now with extraterrestrial <laughs> tethers, so he can't. Anyway, go to the Paracast.plus. We're also offering a free coupon code for the phenomenon, the UFO documentary from James Fox for long-term subscriptions, the Paracast.plus. Walter, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk with you guys again. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.